Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, disease transmission is always a risk when transporting livestock around Canada. It can have devastating consequences not only on individual farms, but for entire industries. But the CEO of Farm Health Guardian is tackling the issue of biosecurity head-on to reduce the risk of disease spread. Rod Hannum explains the new biosecurity system of the same name. A cattle producer from Piapot says she wasn't expecting to be a finalist of the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Brooke Martin is one of six finalists from across the country after participating in the annual CYL Selections Competition in August during the Canadian Beef Industry Conference in Calgary. She talks about some of the topics that were covered during the judged roundtable discussions. After the break, Rob Hannum. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Rod Hannum is the CEO of Farm Health Guardian. Rob, first of all, explain about this biosecurity system. Yes, uh, we we launched Farm Health Guardian in 2020, so uh, we're just a few years in with building our company. So we're, we're still small, but we're growing. And the need we saw, or the problem, you know, we're helping to solve is disease spread with livestock operations. Uh, We've all heard of avian influenza, unfortunately, or uh, we know about, you know, swine diseases. There's been, uh, you know, PERS or or a PED. There's been different ones in Manitoba or uh, in Saskatchewan. And sometimes they, they get spread from farm to farm, either by the trucks or the livestock or the people who are working on different farms. And so, Unfortunately, that is how disease gets spread uh, in a number of cases, and that's where we come in. That's where we want to help help farmers reduce the risk of disease transmission. Now, I understand the system is a software based on GPS and geofencing. Just explain how that works. Uh, So the first step when we're working with a group of producers that are in a supply chain or like a loop or a system uh, is we would tap into the GPS that they already have in their trucks or we can provide them with GPS devices so all the livestock trailers or feed trucks or trailers or maintenance trucks that might be going from farm to farm right from a sow barn to nursery barns to finishing barns or from poultry operations or feed feed trucks that visit many farms per day and we we take that GPS data and we put it in more of an epidemiological format uh, for a veterinarian or someone who's monitoring animal health because that's that's what they're looking for. They want to check on the biosecurity procedures that they've outlined and make sure the trucks are following those procedures. That's the first step. Now, the system helps everyone, but I'm assuming then that it's really the farmer, the veterinarian, or the person in charge of animal health that would use Farm Health Guardian to see what's happening out there? Typically, there are procedures that the vet or the farm owner determines, biosecurity protocols is what they call them in some cases. And that's a you know a set of rules, and they say, well, maybe... We've got a rule that this truck needs to be washed and disinfected before it goes back to the sow barn. 
or it might be, it starts at the nursery and then it goes to a farm with larger animals and it doesn't go backwards in case those larger animals had a disease that we weren't aware of. So these farms all have some kind of biosecurity rule or procedure or protocol. And what we're now doing is able to tap into the, the truck movement information and make sure that the trucks are following those biosecurity rules that they've set for themselves. Now, in terms of the installation, you have a policy for getting the system up and running for clients, and that happens just within one week? It's as simple as downloading an app, and then if you need to get GPS on your vehicles, we can, you know, you can purchase our passport devices that are GPS devices that can go on your trucks. If you've already got GPS in your truck fleet, then we can just tap into that in the background. Uh, and that's a sort of a one-time connection. And then your information's live on the system and, it, and Farm Health Guardian starts checking those biosecurity protocols for you. Now, data privacy, of course, is very important for farmers and the entire industry. It's something that they they take very seriously, and uh, I'm assuming this is something that also was uh, taken into consideration with the creation of this? We all know cybersecurity is a big risk and growing risk in the future. Um, with Farm Health Guardian, we take it seriously. We, we use a, a secure cloud-hosted server to store the data. We've got several different levels of permission on what information users can see. So if I'm a farm owner and I've got three employees and I can I can determine what level of information each of those employees can view uh, based on their responsibilities. So maybe my veterinarian, she can see all the information and my farm farm managers, they can see the information, but just for the site that they're responsible for, just for example. Rob Hannum is the CEO of Farm Health Guardian, explaining the software product of the same name to mitigate disease transmission for the livestock industry. Uh, Rob, I understand you conducted a series of pilot projects at farms in Quebec and Manitoba and Saskatchewan. What kind of results were you seeing during the testing? The first few devices we were trying, they really didn't pass the test. Um, but that's what you learn in research. Uh, the good news is, though, we did actually, in the end, identify three devices that work properly. And some of the main things we were looking for would be, do they you know, stand up to the cold winter? Did they continue to work through the winter in Saskatchewan? And we found some that do. Number two, what's the accuracy of the device and the battery life if it's battery powered? And again, we were able to find and identify some that work uh, well enough that we're, we're pleased. And then the third thing is about cleaning and pressure washing. And that was a real eye-opener, even though some of the devices that we tried were rated to withstand pressure washing. When it comes down to it in real life, the trucks and, and trailers, think of a livestock trailer, a manure trailer, they're washed pretty well. And not all devices stood up to that. Again, the good news is we've got three that passed all the tests. And we're now actively promoting and selling those. Uh, they're called the Farm Health Guardian Passport devices. Uh, and there's three of them that are available. And, uh, and you can check them out on our website. So how did the farmers who participated in the pilot project feel about this? We were able to show them information that they hadn't seen before about their operation. For some farmers, I think it opened their eyes to a few new, new things they hadn't seen. For others, I think they instinctively had a good feel uh, for what was happening on their farm. And this really just 
proved it. It really kind of confirmed what they knew in their gut already, uh, but really showed it in in dollars and numbers uh, what what was working and what wasn't working, and just kind of confirmed their their instinct. Now these products are available for sale, but I also understand that you'll be trying this out on chicken and turkey and pig farms. Um, Manitoba is where Farm Health Guardian has gained the most traction so far? In fact, over 70% of the pig farms in Manitoba use Farm Health Guardian. And so we hope to expand in you know, Saskatchewan, Alberta, Ontario, Quebec, and even in the U.S. as well. Rob, could you run through the cost of Farm Health Guardian? It depends on uh, the size of the system and and what features you want. And so if someone is just interested in recording the people movement, now that's something we haven't talked about yet, but uh, the, the easiest thing to do is record people movement when your workers or visitors arrive on your farm. They can use the Farm Health Guardian app or they can use uh, like a tablet computer and sort of type in their name when they arrive at your farm. And that service is available for as little as $15 a month per farm. So each farm location that you've got that at would be 15 bucks a month uh, just for that introductory subscription. And it goes up from there. Um, if, you've, if you're monitoring trucks, it's $50 per month and, uh, and a little bit higher for the full enterprise system if you were a larger company that had dozens and dozens of farms in your group. Farm Health uh, Guardian has been able to secure funding through the Canadian Agri-Food Automation and Intelligence Network, or CANE, uh, to run the pilot projects. CANE's contribution was over $136,000, and I understand the total project value was over $393,000. That helped make it, you know, really low cost for the farmers to participate who were in the pilot project. And so thank you to Kane for that support. We submitted as part of that funding, we submitted like a, a project plan as to how we're going to run this research and the experiments. And then we report to them every quarter on the progress that we had for testing the different devices and the ones that didn't work and the ones that worked and what we were going to do next. And it also included a number of other aspects where we talked to veterinarians to find out what do they see as the biggest risks uh, for disease spread on farms. Uh, and we worked across, as you mentioned, several different provinces. We had some specific trials in Manitoba and a few in Quebec as well. Rob Hannum is the CEO of Farm Health Guardian. After the break, we'll speak to one of the finalists of the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. A cattle producer from Piapot says she wasn't expecting to be a finalist of the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Brooke Martin was one of 16 finalists from across the country. So first of all, congratulations, Brooke. And tell us about what your reaction was when you were named one of the elite group of 16. I was honestly so shocked that I became one of the finalists. All of the semi-finalists, they were amazing, amazing people. And I was extremely humbled, really, to be chosen and so excited. I was over the moon. I had to call my mom right away and everything. I was like, oh, my gosh, Mom, I made it. I can't believe it. I, was, I couldn't believe the, the competition that we had. Everyone there was so amazing and so nice and all really smart and passionate about agriculture and the beef industry. And it was just. It was incredible to meet everyone. It really was. 
Your experience in Calgary started with a reception dinner with the other semifinalists and organizers of the program just to get to know everyone. So maybe start off by telling us what happened the next day. I think I was up at 5 a.m. to get ready because we had to, we started the discussion tables right at 7 a.m. So we were there bright and early in the morning and we just, it was really awesome, actually. The discussion tables, I was so nervous going in, but man, once we sat down and you started to talk to everyone and get their ideas on all these topics, it was great to listen to everyone and just take in their thoughts. And I mean, most of the discussions, we started off on topic and then we kind of veered off in a whole different direction, which was kind of cool. And just to even the judges, their responses back to the questions, it was just really eye-opening and great to see everyone's point of view. And you really just learn how passionate everyone is. And it was really great to see I coming in, had no idea that we even had like this many people supporting the beef industry. I feel as producers, we kind of feel maybe a little alone in maybe not alone, but like, we don't feel like we have the support, like what we clearly do. I had no idea that there's these committees and these people fighting for us all the time. So it was just really inspiring to see everyone and everyone there just wants to talk about cows and, talk about their ranch and everything that they got going on at home and it's really great and great to see everyone is really forward for being sustainable and we're all trying to learn something new on how we can better the ranch and the farm and the beef industry itself so it's just it was really great to see and it was a lot a lot of fun we had a great time I best week of my summer for sure it's definitely a highlight One of the topics that was covered during the judged roundtable discussions was on succession planning. So maybe talk a little bit about that. One of the main topics, I think, was farm transition. And we talked about new technology and how we can maybe get some new people into the ag industry and some ideas on how we can keep the young generation wanting to keep producing cattle and farming and being in the ag industry. And so we had... We had to talk about sustainability and how we can be more sustainable and water management, soil and all these great, really huge. When I first got the discussion topics, I was like, oh, my gosh, these are huge questions and like really like broad and like big industry problem relating questions. And like once we got down to it and talking with everyone, I mean, we really kind of broke it up and we went into different directions of the questions, of course. But that was kind of the gist of the questions, I guess. What were some of the questions that were brought up during the judged roundtable discussions? The farm transition question, it was really more about like we need to start planning as early as possible with our families and having those hard discussions, I think, can be really hard with families. And I feel like maybe a lot of parents just kind of like we don't realize how much time it's really going to take in farm transitioning and all the work that's behind it. And there's lots of bad things I think you everyone hears all the horror stories about the farm transitioning and all that but I mean really if you have a good plan and you set up the plan and everyone knows the plan and it's you communicate well it's really good the new entrance question I thought I was like oh man it would be really cool if there was a scholarship out there for young kids like you know everyone everyone gets scholarships to go to university but that would be really cool if the government or someone came up with a scholarship for kids that just want to take over the farm and that's that's their dream and that's what they want to do so I mean money is our biggest challenge right is no one can afford to just go and buy a ranch and go and buy cows you all need the loans and all that stuff so I think a scholarship would be really beneficial and really helpful for keeping new people and maybe attracting new people into it and 
saying, hey, if you want to do this, we'll give you some money and we'll try and help you get started and get on your way. Now the conference wrapped up and then you were just waiting to hear whether you were a finalist? Uh, No, it took two weeks afterwards, actually. So I just found out on, I think, Wednesday afternoon, I found out I was going to be a semifinalist and then they released it on Thursday, yesterday. So it took two weeks. It was nerve-wracking two weeks, that's for sure. Yeah, you're like in the back of your head. Well, in the back of my head, I honestly, I truly didn't think I stood a chance against those people. They were unbelievable, the semifinalists. I was like, there's no way. I was just so grateful that I got to go and got the chance to meet everyone. And then to get chosen as a semifinalist, I was totally taken back and so excited, so excited. So you and 15 other finalists uh, were awarded a $2,000 budget towards beef industry travel and learning opportunities. And you're also paired with a hand-picked industry leader for a nine-month mentorship in their specific area of interest. So maybe tell us about what your plans are for the mentorship and the money. Well, when I applied, I wanted to learn more about rangeland sustainability since I am I do have an environmental background. So I kind of know a little bit, but I really like to dive into it and um, cattle production, like cow-calf herds. That's kind of what, I mean, I own my own beef herd, but I think learning from a mentor would be great to see their trial and errors and what they did and how it worked and how I can make it work for my own small ranch that I'm trying to start here. So really anything I can learn from my mentor, I will take anything they want to teach me. I'm so ready to just dive in. I mean, everyone said you you get what you put into this program. So I'm ready to put it all in. Thanks so much, Brooke. Brooke Martin of Piapot, Saskatchewan, one of the 16 finalists announced for the Canadian Cattle Association's Young Leaders Program. Here are the top agriculture stories for the week of September 18th, 2023. The chief executive officer of a major Canadian pulse buyer and exporter said he is closely watching the political developments between Canada and India. Murad Al-Khatib from AGT Foods said waiting and watching is about all the agriculture sector can do now. He said geopolitical risks are a major part of the industry, but he's confident that once the political issues are resolved, the long-term partnership between the two countries will continue. The two countries had been in trade talks until last week when Canada postponed a trade mission to India. And then on September 18th, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he had credible information the Indian government was potentially involved in killing a British Columbia Sikh member. Since then, each country has expelled diplomats and India suspended visa services for Canadian nationals. India represents a significant market for Canadian agricultural exports. About half of the country's lentil imports come from Saskatchewan, valued at $1.4 billion. Al-Khatib said agriculture and food should be left out of any action taken by the countries. Fertilizer prices remain under pressure early into 2024, according to Farm Credit Canada. Prices have been falling since reaching record highs in 2022 as the world faced supply issues following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. 
FCC senior economist Lee Anderson said the recent downward trend will continue for the first part of 2024 and then recover as seeding approaches. Prices will continue to soften due to increased Chinese urea exports and slumping global fertilizer demand, including in Canada. He said the drought in Western Canada and the excessive moisture levels in Eastern Canada impact fertilizer demand into 2024. China imported a record amount of canola in 2022-23. That's about 5.1 million tons of the oil seed for the Chinese crop year ending this month, according to the United States Department of Agriculture. And that is way more than the USDA was initially forecasting. Back in January, it thought China would buy 2.5 million tons of canola. Markets Farm analyst Bruce Burnett is not overly critical of the USDA for missing the mark. He thinks the January estimate was just a placeholder number that was intended to be revised as the year unfolded. Burnett believes China's massive import program was due in part to Canada's big rebound in production and Australia's record crop in 2022. Canada shipped 4.71 million tons of canola to China and the 2022-23 Canadian crop year. Farm Credit Canada announced a new financial commitment in the development of agriculture startups through a partnership with Saskatchewan-based Ag Tech Accelerator. The Accelerator is a venture-backed program founded by Cultivator, powered by Conexus, Emertech and Economic Development Regina. FCC has not announced the amount it's contributing to the startup funding program. Through the accelerator, each Canadian company selected to participate in the yearly cohort receives a $100,000 equity investment at intake. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.